we stenciled the pavement in front of the particular buildings in the project and it says look up there's history overhead well it's not in the north and it's not in the south in fact it's bang in the middle i said hey you Welcome again to Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, the podcast about Mansfield. And that is Mansfield in North Nottinghamshire, of course, not Mansfield in Victoria, Australia, not Mansfield in Texas, USA, not even Mansfield et Pontefract in Quebec, Canada. At this point, I would tell you a fascinating fact about Mansfield et Pontefract in Quebec, Canada, but I don't know one, so let's move on. For the avoidance of doubt, then, we are talking about glamorous Mansfield in exotic North Knots. This episode is once again presented by me, Robert Shaw, and my mum. Say hello, mum. Hello, mum. You'd miss it if we didn't do it. And we are broadcasting to you, as ever, from my mother's prison cell. We keep trying to get her out on parole so that she can come and do the interviews with me, but she's considered too high risk, aren't you, mum? I'll give you a smack if you're not careful. That's what got you in here in the first place, mum. Will you never learn? Actually, before we go any further, we have to do the thing all podcasters do, which is to say, if you're enjoying this podcast, and we know that's a big if, then please do leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you might have found us. It helps other people to find us or avoid us, um, apparently. I wrote the review. Did you? I did. And um, what did you say in the review? I said I thought it was very good. Oh. And I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Certainly did. And did you give it a star rating? I did. And what did you give it as a star rating? I gave it five and a half. Five for me and a half for you. Thank you very much. And right. I thought that was good. Anyway, back to business. This episode is about Mansfield's historic buildings and how to get people to love and appreciate them even more. New buildings are going up around Mansfield, of course. There's that new hotel on the Ring Road. There's lots of housing. But what about the old buildings, especially the ones in the town centre? Many are disused. What are we going to do about them? To discuss these matters, we have two great guests today. A little later, I'll be talking to Pete Brown, who is a member of the team running the Mansfield Townscape Heritage Project, um, which is designed to refresh and renew engagement with the town's foremost historic buildings. It's a project then that is about Mansfield's past that is supposed to make for a brighter, prouder future for the town. I'm going to be asking him how that works exactly. But first, I spoke to Lucy Brower, an architectural historian and tour guide who grew up in Mansfield and then spent some time studying and working in Glasgow. And I asked her to nominate her favourite building in Mansfield. Well, on coming back and doing some work in Nottingham, I realised that a lot of the most distinctive Victorian buildings in Nottingham are by a architect called Watson Fothergill, who was actually born Fothergill Watson. He swapped his name round midway through his life. 
but he was actually born in Mansfield and mm -hmm. did some of his earliest work in Mansfield. And uh, ha I hadn't known about this, uh, you know, when I was growing up in Mansfield. Uh, but I've put together a, a walking tour of his buildings in Nottingham because there are uh, about a dozen of them within about a mile and it makes a good walk. But looking back on his origins, I've also looked at his buildings in Mansfield. Uh, there's there's fewer of them left, but there are one or two um, that are still um, around that uh, demonstrate his signature style. Okay, and what would you say the, the sort of finest example is that people can go and have a look at? I would say that the the, the one that wasn't demolished in its entirety is the cattle market on Nottingham Road, uh, which is now an Italian restaurant. Um, okay, so the restaurant is called Ciao Bella, isn't it? Just Ciao so, Bella, that's yeah. the one, yeah. The Italian restaurant, restaurant there, just near Watermeadows Swimming Centre. So that was originally um, the kind of refreshment room of an officers of the cattle market, which was on that uh, space, people may remember it, uh, up until the sort of late eighties, I think, on that um, on that piece of land just there on Nottingham Road, and Fothergill was involved in building a purpose-built cattle market on that site because it had previously been on Westgate in the centre of town, and um, the Mansfield Improvement Commission, who are kind of the forerunners of the council, uh, and a side note there, Fothergill's older half brother was the chairman of this commission, which didn't hurt in terms mm. of his getting jobs around town. It's you know, that cronyism. There's, there's, a, there's an element of that. It's possible. He used to leave the meetings when his brother was being discussed. Um, but um, there's, a, there's an element of, of it's who you know in a, in a fairly small town. So anyway, Fothergill, among other projects that he'd done in the town, uh, was engaged to uh, build the cattle market and, and that building that's still there is what's left of it. And that is kind of was saved at the last moment um, when the Water Meadows was built. And so that's one of the reasons why the Water Meadows is slightly set back from Nottingham Road. It's a little further back down uh, so that they could keep the cattle market building. Um, that was in the 1870s uh, that that was built. So that's the lodge, if you like, that is now the restaurant. And they've built um, a kind of extension, which isn't quite connected to the main building. They've, they've kind of built in their courtyard, if you like, to make their, their restaurant a bit larger. But it's, it's got quite a lot of its original uh, characteristics. Fothergill, very interested in Gothic and... I think his dream was to maybe build a castle or something because he likes a turret and he likes he likes that sort of solid idea of using Mansfield stone around the base and then the red brick, uh, which you see in his Nottingham buildings. So the cattle market in Mansfield is really the only one, the only building of his in Mansfield that that shares that visual style. There's a couple of other hints of it in other buildings, but that is the one that you can look at and definitely say, oh, that looks like the Fothergills that are in Nottingham. Why did he reverse his name, by the way? So he was... He, yes. Now, he was Fothergill Watson. He was he born Fothergill Watson. So his mother was Mary Ann Fothergill, uh, second wife of Robert Watson, who was a lace merchant in Mansfield. And so um, later on, Fothergill becomes quite interested in genealogy and tracing his family tree. And the short version of this story is 
he sends one of his Fothergill cousins out into the world to discover where his family came from and discovers that the Fothergills are a lot more illustrious and interesting and possibly easier to trace than the Watsons. And as sort of in mem, uh, I think as a sort of tribute to his mother, he flips his names around. Um, and I think it was also, it, it, it made a good, it sounded good. And he said, um, people call me Mr. Fothergill anyway, so won't notice the difference. Uh, this was 1892 when he did this. Now, if people are going to go and stand outside Chow Bella um, in order to stare at the, um, this finest example of his work in Mansfield, um, you pointed to a few details. Um, what, uh, what should they be pointing and staring at, though, in particular? We mentioned the turrets. What other... A nice detail where on a castle you would have the little spaces uh, around the crenellations to pour the bo boiling oil over your enemies as they approach the castle. And although the cattle market is not kind of that building, really, <laughs> that those little spaces are still there. It's a sort of little tribute to the idea of having a, a castle keep so you can keep your enemies away. So he's very interested in these little gothic details. And it could still be useful yeah. on a Friday night. Uh, yeah, well, you know. you know. And I think you've got the Mansfield stone around the outside, that lovely sort of sand, uh, honey-coloured stone that you see a lot in town. And then you've got little shields on one of the windows. Uh, it's It's got quite a lot of um, funny little details that maybe are a little bit superfluous to requirements. But uh, the Victorians liked to show that they were doing a good job and using the proper materials and, you know, making making a fuss of a building. And, and Fothergill enjoys doing that yeah. and is, is quite good at um, just just giving you something to look for in, in a building just a little bit beyond. You know, they're not utilitarian buildings, are they? These kinds of buildings, they, they, they've got lots of, of little features to keep you interested. It's it's if you sit and have a coffee in their little courtyard, um, you can sort of sit and look at the building and, and kind of look for little shields and patterns and brickwork and different things. Yeah, and this is quite an unusual building really in in the Mansfield of today, isn't it? There aren't many buildings like it. In, uh, no, it, in I, I doubt there were ever many buildings like it, to be honest. I think the turret, when you look at old photographs of Mansfield Road, it still looks quite unusual to have that little little castle little bit of a castle idea sitting on the side of the road. And I think he, he just wanted to put his signature on it. It's, it's one of the last jobs he did in Mansfield, uh, apart from the house for his sister. And he also built a congregational church that was on Westgate, but is not there anymore, unfortunately. That was, that was quite large um, but as, and sort of um, circular in shape with a big tower uh, spire and, and everything. But that's that's gone. Uh, since the early 80s so in a way it's it's nice that the cattle market is still around because it is quite distinctive and quite characteristic of his work and some of the other buildings there aren't very many of them left in Mansfield uh, but they only hint at you know the the character of, of what he was going to go on to build yeah that's fantastic so Lucy uh, you do tours of and talks um, about Father Gill um, in and around Mansfield and Nottingham, don't you? So uh, how do people find you? Well, uh, it's called Watson Fothergill Walk. So there's a website, watsonfothergillwalk.com. 
uh, or just look for Fothergill walking tours. Uh, and I do a walk that looks at um, sort of the main dozen buildings in Nottingham and a couple of other walks uh, that look at his buildings and other architects in Nottingham, like Thomas Chambers Hine, who's a little bit earlier. And I'm also doing a talk at Mansfield Library on the 10th of May about Fothergill in Mansfield. Uh, so uh, if, if you're around in the afternoon, um, I think it's three pounds a ticket. So uh, we're going to be doing that in the library with illustrations. That was Lucy Brower. Um, I should stress that the segment was not intended to serve as an advert for a particular Italian restaurant on Nottingham Road and uh, other Italian eateries are available in Mansfield. Mum, the building Lucy talked about was part of the cattle market. Do you remember the cattle market? Is that where you went to exchange your cow for those beans all those years ago? Well, well, no, not really, but I do remember the cows and the sheep and the pigs. And that's really where I made a decision that I wasn't going to be a vet. Ah, very good. They should put up a plaque about that. So what is your favourite building in Mansfield, Mum? St Peter's Church. St Peter's Church? Yes. Okay. And what is it about St Peter's Church that you, you love so much? I, I like where it stands. I like what it stands for. And when I go past it, I just feel that in some ways, it's, for me, it's the beginning of Mansfield. And you talk about going past it. Do yes. You ever, do you ever go in? No. No. Um, is that because you were banned from going in? No, it's because me and God, we're not, uh, we're not together at the moment. Okay, well, we won't talk too much about that. Right, time for our interview then with Pete Brown. But first, an ad break. Get ready to rock this summer as Bobby and the Midlanders Megator arrives at the new Mansfield Arena. Do the mashed potato as Bobby and his crew perform all their hits, including... Mansfield is a town in Jive, Foxtrot and Lindy Hop too. Mansfield is a town in and headbang yourself into mindless oblivion to Mansfield is a town in Nottinghamshire. So buy your tickets now and be ready to ba, 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 ba. So Pete Brown, welcome to um, the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And um, first of all, just to explain a bit about um, yourself and things you've done in the past, you work in what is called the heritage sector, I think. Yeah, heritage, mostly in museums, but um, in recent years, I've been getting more involved in the, the kind of built environment and that kind of heritage. And how did you come to be involved with Mansfield? Because you're not you're not from Mansfield, you weren't living in Mansfield at the time. No, no, I'm not. Um, but I've been involved in a number of townscape heritage projects. Um, and uh, this is a, a national lottery initiative, um, which has really be, been aiming to um, do up the high street, if you like. Um, we've all, you know, familiar with the fact that, that there are empty shops and that kind of thing in the high street and the online shopping and all these other kind of things going on and people have been aware that the high street 
its history and uh, its its use uh, has changed over many years. Um, and these initiatives are designed to um, put back some of the pride in the high street and um, refurbished buildings too. So I've been involved in a couple of other projects and uh, I, I was actually part of the team that put the bid together for the lottery uh, grant um, for the Mansfield Townscape Heritage Project, uh, which is about four years ago now. Um, and normally um, my role ends when we get a successful um, grant uh, for a client. Uh, I don't normally stay involved after that, but in this case, I was invited to take on the role of community participation coordinator. And I thought about it and I decided that uh, it'd be really interesting to follow a project through to the end rather than, um, you know, stopping at the beginning. Uh, and it is proving to be very interesting because, you know, I wrote the activity plan um, and helped put the bid together, as I said, and um, I've actually uh, had to um, put my plan into practice. So that's been very interesting. <laughs> okay. And has it, has it caused you to revise your plan at all? Oh, hugely. I mean, you can imagine with the, the impact of the pandemic, um, which nobody predicted, um, that's made a huge difference to what we've been able to do. Obviously, you know, community participation uh, is tricky when people aren't allowed out of their houses or, you know, for long periods of time and not able to, to socialise and interact with each other. So, yeah, we've had to change quite a lot um, in the, on the activity side of the project um, because, um, you know, we've had to do things online that, that we planned to do in person, etc. Um, but we're still managing to get you know the job done, but we're doing it quite differently. Yeah. So how much money was secured, by the way? Um, it's just over a million pounds uh, in total and uh, 1.3 million, I think it is. Um, and about 900,000 of that came from the lottery. Um, the rest of it came from other funders. OK. And, the official and from the council. Okay, and the official sort of brief, the official mission is is what exactly? What are you supposed to achieve with this? Okay, well, it's two two parts. Um, the, the there's a kind of construction building side to the project, and there were um, about forty buildings selected uh, because of their architectural merit um, and significance uh, for the town. Uh, and those buildings um, have been earmarked for uh, refurbishment. Um, and the idea that the way that the project works is that the, the lottery, the main part actually of the grant, is um, offered to owners of these buildings um, uh, to enable them to do the, the cosmetic refurbishment that, that we're recommending. Uh, and the conservation people are recommending. And it offers them up to 75% of the cost of the work. So it means they still have to come up with some of the money. Um, and it's a bit of a negotiation to try and persuade people uh, that it's a good thing to do, it's going to be good for their business, it's going to be good for the town. Um, so the, there's a, a job to be done to persuade 
owners to get involved in the in the project and sometimes it it takes one or two projects to get underway before people actually jump on the bandwagon um, and unfortunately again because of the pandemic um, there's been a delay in getting building work up and running um, for obvious reasons so we haven't had the scaffolding up yet um, on the buildings that have agreed to to take part in the project um, and you know we're we're confident that as soon as that starts to happen, as soon as people are, you know, they see the hard hats and the high vis and the, the scaffolding go up, that they'll look at their own building and say, oh, actually, they're making a lot of improvements to that building next door. Uh, maybe it's time I jumped on uh, the project too. So we're optimistic. We've got three big projects that are just about ready to go. So people will see activity happening. Uh, in Leeming Street uh, and Stockwell Gate and around the, the conservation area in the uh, marketplace. Uh, they'll see that happening quite soon. Uh, and then hopefully, once those buildings are done, uh, the project will snowball. Yeah, because the project then um, is focused on that area, isn't it? Leeming Street, Stockwell Gate, uh, yeah. Yeah, the market. Yeah. There's a good reason for that. Um, in the early days of the Townscape Heritage Project, um, the buildings were uh, identified um, kind of individually. And sometimes that meant that the impact was spread out across a wider area. And what they found is that, that it really didn't have the, the high impact that they wanted because you know, you'd see one building and then see no other buildings done and then you'll see another building on the other side of town. And it was just too spread out. So they decided to make sure that the, the um, impact was focused in a, a, a discrete area, in a small area. Um, and that way, everybody sees what's happening and it does, um, you know, make more of an impression. Yeah. So one, one question there, you, you mentioned that it's sometimes difficult to persuade people to put money in because the owners of the buildings have to pay 25%. Yeah. And the thing is that, I mean, in, in that bit of Mansfield at the moment, there are a lot of buildings that are just not doing much trade or are boarded up. So obviously if there's, you know, if actually the owners are not, are not getting much value out of the buildings, I presume mm -hmm. that's quite a hard conversation. It is. It is a difficult conversation. It's not a conversation that I've had with people because my side of the project is to do with engaging the community, engaging people in in learning about their history and their, their town and so on, um, and running those activities. My other half, if you like, um, is the Townscape Heritage Officer, and they have experience in, in the, the building side of things, and it's their job to negotiate with the owners. But you're right. You know, especially uh, again because of the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of businesses have suffered, um, particularly if they're dependent on you know um, people getting out and about and spending money in in the town centre. So it is difficult, but what we have to do is to try and persuade people that there is a future beyond COVID nineteen. And um, what's been interesting actually is there haven't been as many closures as we thought there might be and in fact several new businesses have set up in the area that we're working in um, since the pandemic started so 
you know, there are people who are willing to give it a go. Mm. What sort uh, of people are they actually? It'd be just quite interesting to know. They're independent um, cafes, traders, you know, shops, um, people yeah. who've thought, you know, they might they might set up a shop or or set up a business like that. Um, and maybe in some ways that the pandemic has actually encouraged them to do that. Um, I don't know. Which would be great for the town, wouldn't it? So as you say, the first aim is to enhance the architectural quality of the, the historic centre of yeah. And then you were saying the second bit, which is the bit you're really closely involved with, is to enable people of all ages and abilities, and reading this, uh, to learn about their town and gain new skills. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so how does that, how does that work? the two things work together so the activities that that we put into the bid are directly connected to uh, the building side of the project so they're not kind of random activities uh, for example we've we've engaged a a, a very interesting um, organization called WICAT w-i-c-a-t um, which is based in Sheffield actually uh, and WICAT stands for Women in Construction and Technology. Uh, and it's entirely run by women, but it's a, a roughly tufty building uh, conser uh, conservation and, and construction uh, business. Um, and they're going to be providing um, training in um, heritage conservation skills uh, for us once the building work starts. Um, and this will be an opportunity for people to learn about the techniques and the materials that you use when you're conserving an old building uh, and it might be useful for people if they have you know old buildings of their own uh, if they want to do some maintenance on their windows or uh, pointing or fixing the roof or whatever uh, it might be useful for that but it's also hopefully what what we we hope is it's going to help people understand why you need to maintain your buildings and why there are certain techniques and materials that are necessary when it's an old building because you know a, a modern building has completely different requirements to uh, um, say a, a Victorian or Georgian building. Mm. And how will you um, sort of get then the people in WICAT to to meet people around Mansfield who might be interested? How's that how's that going to be? Well, what we're going to what we're going to be doing is offering workshops that people can book onto uh, where they'll they'll be able to have a go at various techniques and and the materials and so on and what we're also intending to do is to give people kind of behind the scenes tours of some of the building sites if we can i've done this before in other places um, and it's really interesting to see how people respond to that that kind of look behind the scenes uh, on a building site, we put hard hats on them, put high vis jackets and boots on them, uh, and take them take them round and, and get them to meet the the, the subcontractors who are actually involved in the project. Yeah, that's no, great. So, what are some of well, first of all, actually, how can people um, find this? There's a website. There is a website. Um, it's mansfieldtownscape.org.uk. Great, and, and so all, all, yeah. all the information's there. Perfect. Okay, and then uh, what are some of the buildings? Then um, what are the interesting buildings that you've discovered um, since coming to Mansfield? Um, 
that are going to be running this scheme. Okay. Well, what what um, I was thinking about this um, when you asked me the other day, and it what really surprised me in Mansfield, and as you said, I'm not from Mansfield, but what surprised me when I first came to the town is the diversity of buildings that have survived. Mm. Um, it's really extraordinary. Um, you know, from the, the, the 18th century Moot Hall all the way through the, the Georgian and Victorian periods, there, is, there are buildings representing those periods, but also going into the, the 20th century, some really interesting buildings from the 20th century with steel frames and uh, ceramic tiles on the outside. So the diversity, I think, of architecture that survived um, is extraordinary. And I think, you know, people in Mansfield should be really proud of that. Do you think people notice those buildings? They don't, actually. Um, this, this is a something that um we we've actually just at the moment we've got uh, a bit of a mission to get people to look up um so we stenciled just before the easter holidays we stenciled the pavement in front of the particular buildings in the project um and uh it says look up um there's history overhead um and there are footprints leading you to the different buildings and people will find this if they if they walk around the town center bright orange footsteps um, and the idea is to get people to look up because the, the really interesting architecture is not at street level. It's actually above street level. And that's where you see the, the different decorations and materials and design that, that makes Mansfield, you know, really diverse. Yeah. So people need to look up, but obviously take care when crossing the road. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Sort of street level for that. So um, you've been having lots of conversations with people and about we have the, the townscape. So tell me about some of the the things you've heard, the most surprising things, the most uh, illuminating things. Um, We've been doing quite a bit of oral history work, um, gathering people's stories, and uh, people can actually add their stories to the website too. Um, and working with the um, East Midlands Oral History Archive to um, train up um, young people as interviewers. Uh, and one of those young people interviewed her granddad, who was actually in Mansfield when the Queen arrived. This is a bit topical, I suppose, because of the, the Jubilee coming up. Um, and she came in 1977 uh, for the Silver Jubilee. And he remembered, he was about 19 at the time, and he remembered the Queen coming and, and um, told the story to his granddaughter uh, and Lydia. And she then uh, recorded uh, that story um, in her own voice um, and gave it to us. And it's on the website, but it was also broadcast on local radio station. Uh, Mansfield 103, um, which, you know, gave gave Lydia uh, a bit of a boost and uh, a big audience and actually led to her um, having her own um, spot on on the radio station on a Sunday. So, um, you know, even though she was only 10 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some really interesting stories coming out. Um, and as soon as we post on Facebook or, or on the website, a story um, 
we find that people remember it. They remember when the elephants came to Mansfield in the 1960s from Billy Smart Circus, for example. Um, somebody told us uh, a few weeks ago uh, that they remembered a blue whale coming to Mansfield. Uh, and I was a bit skeptical about that one. Uh, and I looked it up. And yes, a blue whale on the back of a lorry did travel the country and did come to Mansfield. Are its thoughts recorded as to what it made of Mansfield when it when it passed through? <laughs> well, I think it was dead at the time. It was a real whale, though. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it was actually used for, um, you know, educational purposes. So school parties of children were taken to see this whale, apparently, um, and, uh, you know, learn about whales and, and so on. Uh, unfortunately, it was also used to um, try and recruit people to the whaling industry. Uh, at the time, this was back in the 50s and 60s, um, when we didn't think quite the same way about whales. Um, and, uh, you know, they were demonstrating harpoons and things like that as well. So uh, not quite what we do nowadays, but um, uh, apparently lots of people around the country did see it. Mm, okay. Um, okay, so all of this stuff is being assembled on the, on the website as well, and people can find it there and also opportunities to take part in. This. Yes, we're also recruiting what we're calling history detectives. We've got about nine at the moment uh, who are working on these stories and unearthing uh, the stories of the particular buildings. And the reason for that is what we're trying to do is to build a biography of, of a kind for each building uh, and to tell its story and who, who owned it originally, who had it built, uh, who worked there, um, who shopped there, if it was a shop. Uh, and to try and, and uh, develop um, a kind of life story for each building. And the, the history detectives are doing that work to help us. Um, I need that help because I'm only one person uh, and I only work very part time on this project. So uh, the volunteers are, are super useful uh, in terms of doing that research. And do you need any particular qualifications to be a... Not really. You just, uh, we, we provide training. What, what, what you need is an enthusiasm for history uh, and an insatiable curiosity. Okay. And all of this activity is, is really to encourage people to take an interest and pride in, in Mansfield. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when you talk to people, uh, well, well, when we did the initial research for the, uh, the bid, we did find quite a lot of people who were quite downbeat about the town. You know, so oh, it's not what it used to be. The market's not what it used to be. You know, it used to be this, it used to be that. And, you know, feeling quite, quite low about their town and, and, and feeling that they didn't have the pride that they might have had in the past. And one of the aims of this kind of project is to hopefully to instill that again particularly in younger people, because it's going to be their town in the future. And so we're, we're trying to get them involved in thinking about, well, what, what kind of town centre would they like? What, what kind of buildings or uses for those buildings would they like to see? You know, it's not necessarily about shops. There are other uses for those buildings. And uh, so we're getting young people involved in thinking about that future. And what, what sort of ideas are you getting coming back there about what young people would like to see? Well, so far, um, you know, they've talked about uh, 
ideas like um you know music venues um possibly uh some kind of gaming um so there there are activities that they might be attracted to come to the town center to do um there is one example at the moment glazy place which is on leaming street where you can go and, and decorate a pot um which you can take home with you so it's not just about buying something it's also about doing an activity or learning something um and you know we i think across the country we need to find ways of attracting people back to the high street because um you know online shopping is not going to go away uh and people will still go to out of town shopping but if there's a reason to go to the 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 their town center um then maybe more people will use it yeah because again the question is why so i mean i you know i have an idea about this but why is it important that if people live well around the town why is it important that the town center has um you know fresh sort of life if people can shop elsewhere what 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 is the importance of a town center do you think i i think it's it's partly to do with the identity of the town because like i said before the 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 diversity of architecture uh, in mansfield particularly um tells a story about the town's history and i think our identity as as people from a particular place is tied up in the 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 built heritage you know in the buildings uh that's where the the stories lie that's that's where our memories lie as well in in terms of you know living memory um and i think if it's empty if it's run down if it's um not used i think um we've really lost something in terms of of place and our identity in that place so i think i think there's a there's a a value in revitalizing and refurbishing um the the buildings that 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 carry that history and carry those stories yeah and it, so i mean cuz when mansfield is described it's usually described as a former mining town mm. and do you think mining is is sort of etched into the the streets that you're you're working on or is that or what is the what is the story that arises from those streets said is you say that stretches across a longer period than actually mansfield was a mining town yeah it i think for me it mining is is there but it's more to do with the market town i think um than a mining town mining mining is clearly part of mansfield's history and a really strong part of mansfield's history um and the people who lived and worked in in the town had mining connections um but the streets that we're looking at i think the 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 link is really about commerce it's about shopping it's about providing services and that kind of thing and and that's something you know it's an essential part of people's lives yeah that's great so um how much longer does the project last um Um, theoretically um, theoretically it it ends in march 2024 but there's a possibility because of the delays that have happened because of the pandemic there's a possibility that the lottery might 
extend the time scale of the project so we might have a bit more time but um, worst case scenario is we've got um, until March 2024 so plenty of time to get things done and if your your plan um, comes together and, and bears fruit in five years time what will we see in Mansfield's historic center um, that we don't see at the moment you know how will it be changed what okay uh, you know what what does success look like as they say in business yeah yeah well success um it that as i said before the the key with this refurbishment is it you know there isn't enough money it sounds like a lot of money actually 1.3 million pounds but actually when you spread that across 40 buildings it's not a lot of money. Uh, we can't do full-scale restorations of buildings. That's not going to be possible. But what we can do is to refurbish the exterior of those buildings in a cosmetic way. So new shop fronts, new windows. Um, and the, the those kind of changes um, will be in keeping with the original building. Uh, that's not to say that, um, you know, all of the streets are going to look the same or all of the shops are going to look the same uh, the idea of the project is that the research into the building's history gives us an idea of what the most appropriate shop front would be so what you'll see in the future is a high street that that feels proud of itself that looks good that attracts new businesses that attract shoppers or, or users, you know, for those other activities we were talking about. Uh, and it'll stand out as, a, as an example of what we could do with the rest of the town. You know, a lot of people have said to us, um, when I meet them in the street, they said, well, why are you doing that street and not this street? And what about this building? And what about that building? And obviously we had to be selective, again, because, you know, the, the money isn't unlimited. Um, but what you hope is that once those those certain buildings have been done, there's a kind of knock-on effect to the rest of the town that smartens itself up, that feels better about itself. That um, you know, I'm talking about the town as though it's a person, but I guess in some ways it feels like it is. Mm. Pete, thank you so much for talking to us. You're very welcome. That was Pete Brown. So there we go, Mum look up that's the message um and actually you spend quite a lot of time looking up anyway because you're you're quite small aren't you yes i'm four foot six and going down you used to be six foot one of course no it's only ever five foot eleven and um about mansfield town center you like mansfield town center you go there quite a lot but what would make it more attractive to you and make you want to go more often if there's a sinner in town that really, you know, you could go for a coffee and then know that you was going on to the cinema and it would be very good. And what sort of films would you, would you like I like Maiders. <laughs> you like gore, don't you? Yes. Okay. I do, I like gore. But I do like Paddington Bay. Right. It's the end of the show now, um, alas. And um, in time-honoured fashion, uh, we're going to end with you, Mum, singing the theme tune. Are you ready? I am. But... Hold your horses. This time you're going to sing it backwards. Right, off you go. Mansfield is a town in the Midlands. Backwards. Midlands. 
this town in Mansfield. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Is that not very good for you? Well, it's not in the north, and it's not in the south. In fact, it's bang in the middle. I said, hey, you. Yeah.